another episode of the Duct Tape Marketing Podcast. This is John Chance, and my guest today is Colleen DeBase. She is a business journalist and author and a contributing editor at Inc., and formerly was a small business editor at the Wall Street Journal. We're going to talk about a book that's new for her, Start a Successful Business, Expert Advice to Take Your Startup from Idea to Empire. So, Colleen, welcome. Hey, it's nice to be here. I think that it was uh, when you were at this, the Wall Street Journal is actually where you and I first came to contact, because I think you were... One of the first lovely people to write about. We uh, met your... you a while ago now. Well, you wrote about duct tape marketing in the Wall Street Journal, I think. And, um, I think. <laughs> so I, I was happy about that. So, um, so you... I've, I have written, I've used you as a source numerous times, John. <laughs> and uh, yeah, and I think we have been guests on uh, the same television show together. So yeah, we've, we've been in each other's orbits for That's a while. Right. So start a successful business. A lot of people want to do that uh, these days. And I must admit, um, I'm going to give you a little bit of trouble here. So get ready. Uh, the first chapter says, mm -hmm. come up with a brilliant idea. And I just wish I would have thought of that. <laughs> <laughs> That's all it takes. huh? All right. That, so. you know, that really is it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> all right. So how well, does know, one I do that? I actually do note in that chapter that it does take more than that. And if it was just, if it was as simple as coming up with a brilliant idea, the book would have been far, far shorter. Uh, but yes, no. Um, what I say is, well, the back step uh, for a second. Uh, what I tried to do when I sat down to write this book is, um, you know, over the years at Inc., we've interviewed countless um, successful entrepreneurs and some of their real, real super successful ones as well. Yep. And I tried to look at all of their stories and I tried to find, I tried to see if there were any patterns or themes that emerged that an aspiring entrepreneur could, could maybe, um, uh, you know, learn something from. And one, one of the things I did notice is that a lot of these successful entrepreneurs did start a company because there was a personal pain point or frustration that they wanted to solve. And, if you're looking for a brilliant business idea, I would say that would be the very first place to look is to look for that that thing that's driving you crazy um, for which you feel there is no solution on the market for. Yeah, it's amazing. Um, I, I have interviewed, you know, for the show, hundreds of folks, and it's amazing how often I, I hear that line. Well, I yeah. really started a company to do X, but then I couldn't get... <laughs> this and that, and so I just pivoted, and that's what we became. Yeah, it's amazing how often yeah, that yeah, happens. Yeah, yeah, but and and that's also it's funny you say that because that would be the next thing I would say is that once you do have this great idea that maybe is is prompted from a personal pain point or frustration that you have, once you start the business, don't be afraid to pivot if need be, or to you know, evolve your business or to at least, um, you know, I, what we see the uh, successful entrepreneurs doing is really kind of keeping their finger on the pulse of, of what customers are asking for and changing their business as need be. Um, you know, some fun examples are of, of the kind of the big names out there. Uh, look at Amazon, for instance, which started out as a bookseller way back when, um, you know, now it's sort of in the world domination category, you know, it owns Whole Foods that, you know, it, it's been, 
I don't know, it's probably delivering something via drone to your door right now. Um, you know, that has really evolved quite a bit from what it started out as. So, yeah. One of the challenges I see, and I, I'm strategizing with a startup right now that I think has mm -hmm. a decent idea, but no business model. So in other words, yeah. We think there's a need for this, but they haven't figured out how right. they're going to make money off of it. <laughs> you know, so yep, how do, yep, how do you I discover you. the right kind of formula for, you know, is it a subscription? Is it, do I sell a product? Do I have services yeah. around the product? I mean, how do you come to that? I know that, that's an excellent question. And one of the things that we have noticed at Inc. in recent years is a lot of people are, are trying the lean startup method, which, mm -hmm, um, mm -hmm. of course, was popularized by Eric Ries, uh, and that, that was a book that came out maybe five or six years ago. But the concept is you have an idea, but you're not sure if it's going to work, and you're not sure what it actually will look like. So the idea is that you come up with a minimum viable product. You come up with a very bare-bones version of this idea, and you, you put it out in the marketplace. So you're essentially um, going live with it, and then you, you see what happens. And by doing it in this sort of lean way, you know, you're not spend, hopefully you're not spending exorbitant, exorbitant amounts of money or time or energy, because what you want to do is you just want to put it out there and see what happens and test it out and see maybe what the business model can be. Um, you want to see if customers actually really do want this. You want to see if anyone will pay for it. And if none of those things happen, then you want to be able to be nimble enough that you can make some adjustments and tweaks until you finally arrive at what it is that works that you can build a business model around. Um, hopefully that makes sense. You bet. Um, and it, it, yeah, and it differs a lot from... You know, even when I wrote my first book 10 years ago, the thinking still was to start everything with a traditional business plan, which is where you sat down and you spent a lot of time researching and, you know, maybe um, coming up with a prototype and, and doing a lot, you know, long before you even launched your business. And, um, you know, in, in today's world, it's just seeming that the better way to do it is to, to do it in this lean way. And once you've got something, once you've got your, your product, your service, once you've got your business model, then sit down to write the, um, the traditional business plan, which there, there's very much still a use for that. But so that's, that's the, where we fall on that. So we started talking about an idea and I will say there are millions and millions of great ideas. The companies that, um, that you write about in the pages of Inc. Mm -hmm. in, in this book are actually the ones that execute on that idea. And, yeah. and I think there's, um, there's, I, I think there are a lot of companies that, that fail because they're actually, they may have had a great idea, but they fail mm -hmm. to execute. They fail to find the right I operations know. people, the right yeah. IT people. Yep, so yep, yep, so yep. how do you, how do you go from idea to execution? Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's a great question. Uh, well, you know, it's tough. Um, you know, one of the things I would recommend is, um, you know, uh, some people don't execute their idea because they're really afraid to, well, they might be afraid of a lot of things, but one thing they might be afraid of is they might be afraid, um, of, of they, they don't want anyone to steal their idea. Nice. So yeah, they, don't, the they, they don't, yeah, they don't talk to anyone. They don't, um, they don't get 
lots of feedback. They don't seek advice because they're re- they're so scared that someone's going to rip off their idea. Um, I think that fear is largely unfounded um, because, as you say, it really is all about the execution. You know, any if you've thought of an idea, chances are someone else has already thought of it, too. It's all in how you execute it. Um, a great example is Facebook, which is by, it, it was far from an original idea. You know, Mark Zuckerberg did not invent social media, um, you know, which I think nowadays people think he did. But, you know, social media in some form, social networks had existed for 10 years uh, before he invented Facebook. But the way he executed it um, made all the difference. And he also, I think, was able to take advantage of the fact that people were becoming more and more uh, familiar and aware of, of, of how social networks work. And he was able to take advantage of the fact that other people had tested out social media, you know, things like Friendster and MySpace. He was able to take advantage of what they knew in order to launch Facebook. So, um, the you know, for the people out there who, who aren't um, getting to that execution stage, I would say, which that sounds awful, but, you know, they, they haven't executed their idea yet. Um, you know, I would say make sure you get out there and seek feedback and advice and tips, and that will make you feel more confident to go about, um, you know, getting into the marketplace with your idea. Um, and the other thing, too, I would say is that some people don't, um, are afraid to sort of take uh, initiative or take the steps that they need to because they're worried about failure. Um, I think that, um, you know, failure gets a bad rap. Um, I think uh, in, in, in a lot of entrepreneurial circles, failure is something that has become uh, respected almost. You know, there's a running joke in Silicon Valley, you know, what do you call a failed entrepreneur? The answer is experienced. <laughs> you know, uh, failure can teach us so much. So there may be missteps that you make along the way. There probably will be, but those are things you can learn from you know, you can, um, you know, hopefully be better, better um, ready. You know, once you learn from those mistakes, you can be kind of armed and ready to, you know, uh, approach again with maybe a better way to do something. And in my book, I include some very famous examples of failures. Um, One entrepreneur who has probably failed the most is Richard Branson, who, of course, is also super successful. He has had any number of great companies, Virgin Records and you know Virgin Airlines, and he's also he's failed spectacularly, uh, almost flamboyantly, <laughs> you might say, and uh, it hasn't affected him. You know, he's he's still Richard Branson, so. Um, I, I would say people, uh, if, fail, if that fear of failure is what's causing them not to, not to execute the idea, they, um, they, they should reframe how they, they view failure. Well, it's, it's easier to fail when you're a knight. So uh, he's got Yeah. <laughs> so, That's true. So one of the <laughs> things that, that, again, I'm giving you a little trouble, buried in chapter six <laughs> and seven uh, is this idea of customer research. And I wonder if in the lean startup world, you know, <laughs> customer discovery maybe comes first. Like go find somebody who has a problem that needs to be you know, solved. I, I, yeah, <laughs> you know, I was a little worried you would give me a hard time with that, John, because I was thinking about the things you would ask me. And I know that that is, you know, that, 
the customer realm and marketing is 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 definitely more your expertise than probably what you think of first. Yep. Um, and uh, yeah, I know I kind of have it a little bit buried there, but <laughs> hopefully I have some good stuff in there. But yeah, no, I think um, you know. I do dedicate two chapters to it. And, and the idea is that, yes, you do need to know your customer. You need to know your customer, hopefully, even better than they know themselves. And if you don't know your customer, you've got to figure out ways to go about doing that. Um, and also, once you get up and running, you need to continue to understand your customer and you need to continue to anticipate the things that they are going to be asking for. Um, There's a couple tips in the book that I like in particular that I have gathered from various experts. And one is this idea of standing in your customer's shoes, Um, you know, sort of pretend to be your customer, look around, see what your competitors are. Why is your customer choosing you? You know, try to figure out what it is that is making you unique and uniquely qualified to provide that product or service that, you know, that, uh, that is the reason your customers are choosing you over someone else. Um, because that's something that you can really, um, you know, keep, you know, you, you want to emphasize that, um, whatever it is that people like about you. Um, another tip is to um, uh, staple yourself to your customer's order. In other words, when someone, uh, you know, goes about uh, either patronizing your business in some way, buying your product or service, kind of go through and see how that, you know, go from start to finish to see what that experience is like for the customer so that you understand it and that you can see whether or not there are things that you need to do differently. Um, That idea comes from actually the medical world Uh, in hospitals. Some interns are are asked to check in as fake patients so they understand what it's like for a patient to come into the hospital and they get a sense of what, you know, how treatment can be better and what needs to happen. So I, I think that is a, is a good tip. Uh, hopefully you agree with me. Well, no, uh, I, I, absolutely. You, you can find that exact tip in duct tape marketing, as a matter of fact, because okay, I've, I've long believed that. Uh, and, and as business owners, we forget. I mean, we don't go to our yeah. website and fill out a form right. anymore. <laughs> I mean, we yep, yep, set that up exactly. 10 years ago. And, and so, yeah, yeah. We, we forget what the experience actually is. Let, let's oh, talk a little bit about funding. That's a topic that yeah. uh, that gets people, especially startup world, really excited. Go out, get a bunch of money, <laughs> um, you know, get yeah. the thing going. And and I think it's a valid question to say, should you actually take that approach or not? Uh, in terms of going out there and getting money, yeah, I mean, um, I mean, should are you better off bootstrapping a company and building it to something, and then maybe deciding, or are you better off going out saying, here's my great idea, give me five million dollars, and I'll try to make it. <laughs> Well, I think you're probably always better off bootstrapping anyhow, but um, I would also add that most people really actually realistically don't have any other choice. Um, you know, we love to watch these shows like Shark Tank and, you know, we love to think that maybe it's it's somewhat easy to go out there and raise money, but in reality, it really isn't. And most people don't, most people don't have businesses that are appropriate really for uh, raising huge amounts of funding um, uh, and certainly not. Um, you know, huge amounts of 
of investment, uh, like venture capital or anything like that. Uh, that that's really, uh, really only a handful of very, you know, high growth startups are going to be the ones that um, should uh, be seeking investors. Um, I would say most businesses or the majority of businesses need to, um, you know, if, if you're thinking about starting a business, probably the, the first place you need to, to look is, is your own pocket, um, your own savings, your own bank account. Um, if that is not as flush as you would like it to be, um, friends and family are a next great option. Um, they sometimes uh, call the money that a friend or family will invest in your business love money because <laughs> only people who love you are going to invest uh, in, in the early stages. Um, my, my family you know. all knows what a screw up I am. I mean, I'm not, I, don't, <laughs> I don't stand a chance of getting a dime out of that. <laughs> yeah, so. <laughs> so, yeah, so... Um, you know, for someone like you, well, that might be a different story. You know, we'd ha- would ha- would have to explore some other area <laughs> that you might be able to come up with money. But in these days, uh, uh, some other um, there are um, a number of crowdfund found oh, excuse me, I can't speak crowdfunding platforms that could be appropriate um, if you have a, a product or a, usually it's a product that, um, you know, you can go to these platforms and raise money from a crowd of people, essentially, small amounts of money from a whole whole crowd um, who want to see your product on store shelves or available for it or, or online. So they might be able to fund you. Um, you know, there's uh, people tap into a number of other things. They tap into their home equity they sometimes tap into 401ks. We don't advise that, but that is that is sort of more realistically where a lot of people end up um, coming up with, with with cash to um, to start a business. And um, and I will say, you know, it is uh, it it does give one pause to go out and start a business because the um, you know the failure rate is, is is fairly high for small businesses. Um, a lot of them don't make it past the first few years. The biggest reason, really, is because the business is undercapitalized, which you know is just a fancy way of saying that there isn't enough money there. And um, I would say most entrepreneurs underestimate um, how much it costs to get their business up and running, and they overestimate how much revenue will come in, and they. Uh, they also overestimate how quickly it will come in. So, you know, it it, it, it can be very tough. So you, you really need to do your your homework and figure out how much money you need. Not only to get your business up and running, but how much you need personally. Um, if you need, you know, income coming in to support your, your own expenses, your mortgage payment, your rent, your your groceries, you know, your kids' school, you you've got to be able to have a real handle on your on your own personal expenses as well. Yeah, lots of tequila too. So yeah, 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 yeah. That always helps. <laughs> yep, exactly. All yeah, right. I, I definitely recommend that. <laughs> so, Colleen, where can people <laughs> find out more about start a successful business and really anything you're up to at uh, Inc. and other places? Oh, sure. Yeah, well, the book is available on Amazon.com. And um, it also is, if you go to Inc. Magazine's website, you can find links to it there, which is, of course, Inc.com. And then there's also links to the book um, from my own personal website, which is ColleenDebase.com.
Well, thanks so much for joining us, uh, Colleen, and uh, hopefully I'll uh, bump into you next time I'm up in New York. I'm going to be up there for a, <laughs> for, for a wedding in a few, uh, oh, great. A few months, so maybe. Oh, uh, wonderful. I would love to see you. All right. Take care. All right. Thanks so much, John. This episode of the Duct Tape Marketing Podcast is sponsored by Podcast Bookers, podcastbookers.com. Podcasts are really hot, right? But you know what's also really hot? appearing as a guest on one of the many, many podcasts out there. Think about it. Much easier than writing a guest blog post. You get some high-quality content. You get great backlinks. People want to share that content. Maybe you can even transcribe that content. Being a guest on podcasts, getting yourself booked on podcasts, is a really, really great SEO tactic, great brand-building tactic Podcast bookers can get you booked on two to three to four podcasts every single month on autopilot. Go check it out. Podcastbookers.com.